0: Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to the latest chapter of Oz Magica taken from the subreddit HFY. All the relevant links are down below, and please like, comment, and subscribe like any good minion of the algorithm would do. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. I just want to give a quick thanks to the Tier 5 channel members and patrons Bob the Dragon, Data Magnet, Sergeant Puma, Cat Crab Lobster, and Duck Machine. Thank you very much for the support. It is much appreciated. Chapter 41 When Coach awoke, there were several things he immediately noticed. One was that he had a crick in his back. It was most definitely from sleeping in a chair a bit too small for him. But otherwise, his overall physical condition was good. The second thing he noticed was that it was very dusty around him. He figured that it was a bit odd until he noticed that the window was open. After thinking on it, he figured that it was wasn't too strange. He had heard from the people downstairs that the town was near a desert, so dust and sand getting into open windows wasn't too hard to imagine. Then he saw Credence on the floor, with Dave laying his hands atop of him, performing some weird shot right. Is there something wrong with him? Dave looked up towards the budding warrior and glanced back down towards the dark lizard. Sand got in his lungs something awful. Had to get it all out, and my regeneration spell wasn't cutting it. Kojo seemed to stare at the lizard before nodding. Makes sense. He's old, after all. Most old ones I've met often had trouble breathing. Dave almost seemed angry to Kojo. About what, he couldn't tell exactly. Hey, Kojo, uh, do you get notifications? Kojo tilted his head to express confusion. Like, um, what? Like when you kill something? Why would that happen? If I killed something, then it's dead. Why would I need to know about it again? Dave shook himself, shaking off his anger, almost as Kojo would have when he was in his former body, and clapped his still glowing hands together. You should be alright now, just needs to relax for an hour. Maybe, I'm not a doctor. Kojo nodded before looking back towards Dave's uncovered body. You doing okay? Yes, sir. Uh, my wounds are better than before. My recovery rate does that, and has gotten better as time's gone on. I've, um, seen the effects of my experience. Even the ones I didn't think are, uh... But anyway, uh, what about you? I was conked out for most of your fight with the stone guy, and Credence didn't really talk about it much, considering his lungs. Kojo seemed almost ecstatic. I have to tell you, friend... This form is much more battle-ready than I thought it would be, especially with your help. I turned into a tree. I just dismantled the guy from my roots while he was trying to cut through my trunk or something. Dave looked comically confused. I would have thought that you would have gone on longer about it, considering you like battles so much. Well, uh, you were there for part of it, and honestly... It seems to me like you already know how glorious the battle was anyhow, figuring that we're still here after it. For an uninitiated one, much like Marvel, I will readily detail the glory of our deeds. Dave chuckled a bit before getting off his knees and putting a chair to sit on. So, where is Marvel anyway? I figured he'd been here, wondering what was happening with us, coming back ragged and bleeding." Kojo stared at the other bed in the room before turning his attention back to Dave. He didn't ask many questions in regards to what happened. Think he assumed something, but I didn't ask and felt no need to correct any assumptions. Ah, that makes it easier to explain to him later, Dave supposed. He leaned back before looking at the table. Cards littered almost every available surface on it. Were you and Credence playing a game before you fell asleep? Trying to. It was much different from the game I was used to, but I think I got a good handle on what exactly to do. Nape seemed to mull over the cobalt that was still lying on the floor before turning his attention back to the woven tree. Can you teach me? What ensued was perhaps the most fictitious retelling of Gonscape that had ever occurred. Gojo did not know what the rules were at all, and merely assumed what each card allowed him to do, while playing the same ones that Credence used against him to win. At the end of it all, Dave couldn't quite believe his eyes when he was utterly and thoroughly beaten. And in the middle of it all, the door to the room opened, and Marwal stepped through along with the floating chalkboard. Oh, Dave, you're up! Glad to see that your ordeal wasn't too terrible. Dave lifted an eyebrow in disbelief. Ordeal? Oh, yes, I'm sure that the church was a bit harsh in their methods, but getting rid of that title of yours was probably more important than a couple birds to the chest. I uh, did go to the church, but I didn't get it removed. Marwal looked outright confused. Then how did you- wait, monsters! Did they get past the wall? Obviously. Should I get- whoa, 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 whoa. It's fine, Marwal. No monsters got past the wall. I was just helping the guy on the floor deal with the Lord. Dave gestured to the still form of credence on the floor. From his startled reaction, one would think Marvel had never seen an unconscious body before. I thought he was a member of the church. Um, What could have possibly done that to you? I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, The guy died trying to kill us, so... uh, Who did this? Marvel's game seemed almost accusatory, rather hard set. It was the Lord. I think his name was Feldor or something. At this, Marvel's whole body seemed to deflate. Well, that's not good. Why is it not good? He was a cannibal and apparently a child murderer. Shouldn't we be glad he's gone? Marvel absently nodded his head. Well, yes, um, rumors are one thing and it's good to put them to rest. But now that the city is no longer has a Lord, it won't be long until a new one will be picked out from amongst us. And that's a bad thing, because we can't guarantee that whoever becomes the Lord will be better or worse than the previous one. Thus, the choosing isn't something left to us, but the Barons and the Viscounts. They'll probably just search for the most noble-blooded out of these here, and... uh... Marvel stopped writing, with the chalk screeching to a halt. It was only for a moment before he began writing again. There, in the corner of the board, he wrote, shut. End of chapter. Chapter 42 Early morning light filtered down through the painted glass, causing distortions of color. The day stretched out into the satin sheets before appearing to tickle the woman's eyes. This was how she woke up almost every day, with the etched vision. Her eyes twisted in vain against the light before she groaned within a bed. Gotta get up, don't I? It was inevitability that she knew would happen. She couldn't stay within the realms of dream for longer. So at the start, she swung her legs out over the covers and began to stretch. I wish the sun would just go and die. Her sentiments, for the moment, would go unheard. She never really saw anybody until after she took her daily bath. And that was the way she liked it. Her ears seemed to flick as she heard something happen. There, in front of her, lay the voice of the guards. It wasn't usually anything too bad when it came up. Most days, it would show up to initiate her daily quests, which would let her gain a couple stats here and there. It would also act as a secretary of sorts, until the proper one was up and able to communicate, letting her know what happened within the previous day amongst the important personnel that she had control over. That was when she saw that Valda was dead. Wait, really? Of course, the voice would never really answer her questions. It didn't react much, like a person would, and that was fine with her. Anything it did was always tinged with absolute truth, so she could at least trust it to spout that. To think that man is finally dead. She held no animosity against the young lord, but the way she sometimes spouted his stare while he did at the banquets and such always felt uh, slimy to her. She couldn't help but feel sad, though. So many lords are dying nowadays... She almost seemed to swipe the notification away before it joined a separate listing. But in that list contained almost every dead lord and lady of high society that she'd ever known. It numbered into the high fifties. Just adds another one into the pile of investigation, I suppose. She looked upon the list before willing away the message and looked upon the territory map held above her bedside table. She activated her regal gaze upon that night, a brilliant blaze of light briefly occurred before settling down. It's not really my job to know who gets to replace him, but uh, I don't think anyone would mind. She briefly wandered over to the map before she came to Falda's previous residence. It was a little town set out in the outpost into a desert. In her mind, she was only ever thankful that she'd never touched the sand in her life. She could only imagine the feeling of all the sand between her toes. It was a territory in which she almost never went to, unless she did so in her youth, in which case she would have been too young to properly remember it. But her knowledge of that particular region of the kingdom almost seemed to pound away at her mind. That town? It's meant to be a bastion against any monster horde that winds its way through the desert. Of course, there were other towns laid out much the same way along the edges of the territories reaching to the desert. But this town? was a bit more important to that. It was the only defense before Jilan. Jalan never really was a proper keep. It was more of a mercantile city rather than a defensive city. But that was more of a recent change, if any. It would always be a mountain city. The real concern came dead her a bit later. Did the town fall? This, of course, was the main question. If that town had fallen... Any starting towns that had roads leading through there would get decreased aid and also have the chance for death from monster wave that would occur rise a fair bit. It would also mean that at some point the capital was going to send out more military reinforcements to Jelan. However, her skill let us see that there were still noble people within the town itself, so it hadn't necessarily fallen from what I remember. He is relatively young, so he didn't die from old age. Did he die from overusing his affinity? She looked over to a separate screen, looking up some information before resuming to talk again. No, it was an ev. Those people can't really die from that. Hmm. She stepped away from the map, finding a spot on the cushioned couch to sit. I'll investigate later, I suppose. She swiped it away before reaching her plate towards the treat tin. Thankfully... She was almost always had some form of treat to tide her over until lunch, her gaze finding itself drawn back to the window. She always wondered why they put her into this room to begin with. Having her long-lost ancestor almost staring at her at all times of the day seemed much like a way to control her with threats. However, her family wasn't really ever like that. If you didn't have an aptitude towards rooting, there really wasn't a reason that they would do things like this. Unfortunately for her, she was more akin to a support class than anything else. She sighed before looking down at herself. Her tail was as luxurious as ever, but almost every other part of her body had mats that she'd had to take care of later. It wasn't ever really a problem, but it almost always hurt whenever she pulled them free. I should probably go to the bath, but... Her gaze swept towards the map. She had to know something. Her skill was active, so little blots of light still fled almost everywhere, some more concentrated than others and in different colors. There was even a faintest glow from the most royal of the colors, but she only restricted her gaze towards the town itself. Almost every other light seemed to fade, as the lights within the town brightened to a considerable degree. And there, where it wasn't before, a brilliant gleam of green. Is that... huh, Bad to finally have found you. She wondered just what he was doing out there, but she figured she'd find out eventually. Doral? At a call, the doors to her bedroom opened slightly ajar to reveal her personal maid. Yes, my lady? well, w- Where are your clothes? Oh, please, Doral, it's fine. You've seen more than that plenty of times. Be that as it may, just uh, put something on. A blush seemed to spread across her scales of her attendant, making the lady chuckle. All right, all right, I get it. Just wanted to know something real quick before I headed towards the bath. As a maid or the other thing. Ah, The maid almost seemed to adapt to a different sort of stature as she headed towards the couch to sit beside her. She watched the door for a while before it seemed to close by itself. The curtains were pulled, letting in a little light from the outside. At that, the maid nodded before turning her attention back towards the couchmate. What do you wish to know? Do we have anyone in the town of Erinud? The maid's eyes dimmed considerably, as the light faded out in its entirety before returning. We have a couple, yes? The town had a corrupt noble that we were monitoring. I wouldn't worry about that. I got a notification this morning from the gods. He's dead. The maid almost seemed to brighten. Good riddance! The lady shook her head as she gazed towards the map. We don't know the situation there at all. Who do we have there, anyway? A begona. At that, the lady's eyes almost seemed to widen. We had the shapeshifter. Doral nodded as she stirred a gesture, showing what her skill told her. Hmm. Have her investigate the lord's death and uh, something else too. The maid nodded, preparing to send a missive before turning her attention back to her lady. I think I finally found my little brother. End of chapter. Chapter forty-three. What are you doing? Why are you... Ow! Dave was knocked onto his side against the wall cabinet as Marwell started rushing around the room. All sorts of thoughts raced through Marvel's mind as he empowered himself by pumping lightning into his veins. Although it wasn't the safest element to tune his body to, his teacher had taught him how to do it a long time ago. With it, he was able to zip around the room, gathering clothes and the other necessities that he'd purchased. With the Lord gone... A new lord would be found, and mar felt that he didn't have the time to explain that he was a runaway. However, mar was briefly brought to a halt as he almost tripped over the scaled bite on the floor. Although he had barely considered the situation prior, now that he looked close, he could see that the piles of sand were also stained with blood. It seemed odd that he wouldn't judge Jabe's medicine skills, but he was rather thankful that he didn't have to explain the stained carpet to the barrack. He wouldn't know what to do if his favorite innkeeper in this section of the world got angry with him. Hastily, he scrawled upon the board and picked up everything he could, including Kojo. I need to get out of here, now! It was with a lot of willpower that he actually pulled himself together, despite Kojo's yells at being picked up against his will. Why? uh, Is something bad happening? Marvel was tempted to lie to the man. What could he possibly owe now that he performed above and beyond the wondrous welcome? He gave food, clothes, lodging, and offered directions for the man. Plus, it would seem to be fine to leave him here after all. He had a decent amount of strength for a man such as him. Plus, he could earn experience if he worked hard enough in a laborer's jobs. So, he should be able to grow steadily before heading to wherever he was going. But something stopped him. Something important. Dave had been noted coming into the city with Marwal, since Dave could be connected to him. What would they do if they found Dave? It bothered him, perhaps more than it would of any other situation. So he slowed himself down, stopped pumping himself with limited energy to the heavens, and set Kojo back on the floor. He didn't even know why he started picking him up to begin with. This is going to be a rather long story, and I'm going to have to use something rather important to tell it to you rather quickly. I can't just rely on this crappy chalkboard for this. His hands almost seemed to shake a little as bit as cracks started to spread along the piece of chalk. He dropped the piece of chalk within the case beside him, while leaning his whole body inside to snoop around. His paws touched various objects. Some were meant to shine bright during the night. Others were measures of home security. However, they stopped at a particular piece of metal embedded crystal. Picking it up, he pushed, clicking something on the side. Felt a power enter him and take something away. He rushed through his mind, ignoring any warning signs and tried to remember something he had used in a while. His voice. Testing, testing a doth not Deba. The crystal glowed in time with the syllables exiting into the air. At this, Dave looked stunned at what just happened. While Koja rolled his eyes and got back onto his chair. Gredon still made on the floor. Wait. "'Oh, I thought that you. There's no time for that now. "'This crystal's got a limited usage and time limit before it runs out, so you better listen well.' Dave nodded his head fast, as Marwall tried to gather his thoughts. "'I'm not necessarily a normal person. "'Before I was Marvel the Merchant, I was Marwall the Noble. "'I lived in the capital and tried to fulfill all the duties that I was supposed to have.' I attended special classes, led by paid teachers, or even my father on some occasions. Through it all, I had four siblings with me to share with certain pain and suffering of this learning. However, as time went on, they all found their proper classes, while I was stuck still trying to figure out where my focus lay. It also didn't help that I was the youngest among them. Eventually, I did earn a class, but it wasn't one suitable for any noble at work. I hadn't really told anyone what it was or why i picked it, but eventually I'd left. I didn't tell anyone where I was going nor what I was going to do, but I had laid out a plan for myself. Eventually I would get rid of my mute title and finally be able to speak without having to use any aids. It also didn't exactly help that the class that I'd wanted to take versus the one I picked was so different from each other. One had a requirement I couldn't exactly accomplish because of my title. It was a personal aspiration, one which I still hold to this day. However, because my current class isn't exactly a noble in its scope, origin, or even method, I feared what my family would have said about it. So I left, never to return. It's been about ten years since I left. And I think because of what you did, people are going to notice that I'm here if they have any competent visual skills. Now I'm faced with a choice that... The crystal cracked, on that word, as all the energy that was within it dissipated into the air. Leaving behind only clear bits of cracked crystal and metal scattered on the floor. Slightly cursed. Whatever poor fool created that piece of crap tool, dived back into the pipe. Marvel silently cursed whatever poor fool created that piece of crap tool dive back into the pile of his belongings, searching through his bags. He finally found where he put the blackboard and chalk, and quickly wrote out a message for all the still silent audience. However, before he could compose his thoughts enough to write, he felt a hand touch his shoulder. Look, I don't know much about the noble thing. Practice was kind of bad where I came from, but if they're keeping you from living out your life, then I'll help you. Guaranteed. Right, Gojo? Marvel brought his gaze up to find a smiling man looking towards the still, pouting pump. He seemed to chuff a bit before answering back, Fine. beat sitting around here, anyway. You got a plan, merchant. Marvel shook himself before erasing what he had started to write and briefly sketched out his plan. The North is where they are going to be coming from, so we can't go that way. We came in from the southeast, and have already exhausted the sails in that region, so we can't go that way. South and west is nothing but desert of despair. I didn't pack enough water canisters to get through there, and I doubt that we would find many for sale. So we can't go that way either. That leaves us with only the route to the northwest. We'll have to go along the edges of the mountain chain until we hit the coast. Marvel tapped on the spot on his chalk and down a map, and he drew at the harbor. I haven't been that way since a couple months ago, and back then they weren't exactly welcoming. But I do have a sailor friend. I could trade the wagon for a ship, and we could sail south towards greener pastures. He looked up towards the two faces he'd been with for a while, seeing the wrinkles and cocked heads in deep thought. Dave almost seemed to want to ask a question, but something stopped him from saying it out loud. However, that didn't stop Kojo from doing it. Do you think we'll have enough time to get Dave to a church? He still needs to ask which way his home is from here. Marwar considered briefly, nodding and writing down some quick, scratchy sentences. Sure, it'll take a while to send someone down here from Jellum. That's the city amongst the mountains to the north, by the way. Kojo, satisfied, closed his eyes and went back to napping. But picking up on Kojo's brevity, Dave decided to ask his own question. How long do you think it'll take to get there? Marvel considered the question, briefly, before writing down a number on his slate. About two to three weeks, if the profit is favorable. Dave nodded a bit. And we leave tonight? Marvel seemed confused by the question, until he realized what it must have looked like, with him zipping around the room and throwing together his baggage at enhanced speed. No, just trying to pack to save time for when we leave early in the morning. Dave nodded at it before getting up and sitting position on the bed and beginning to stretch. Well, I suppose today will have to be a day where I go to the church, yeah? Won't have time if we leave early tomorrow. Marwell considered it before nodding. Sure, just make sure you get back soon. Marwall paused writing to gesture to the prone cobalt. I don't know where this man's house is or what to do with him once he awakes. He continued. Dave nodded before gathering his things opening the door and stepping out of the room, presumably to head towards the church. Kojo briefly looked at Dave's departing back before looking back towards Marble. Is there anything dangerous here besides the leader that used to be here? Marble considered it before shaking his head. Good. I'm kind of tired right now after forcing myself to my limits in a battle we had earlier. By the way, Credence, that lizard guy on the floor... He's apparently forced to come with us due to some godly proclamation or something. Marwal nodded his head absent-mindedly while packing various things around the room, before realizing exactly what the wolf had said. And for the first time in a while, a raspy, cracking voice screeched out from the little cat man. Marwal hunched over in extreme pain and coughed up a bit of blood from doing so. All to say one single word. What?! end of chapter chapter 44 so that was that i suppose i mean it's kind of hard not to have a reaction what am i supposed to react to most nobles are around nowadays are just ornaments little trinkets that countries show off for who knows what i mean i get it you got the oldest queen in the world it's not that important where was i Mm, oh yeah marwell's apparently a noble I mean, I would have assumed it would put his title up whenever I analyze him, but this method is not exactly foolproof, thanks to Miss Carmia. Damn it, I really wish I didn't know that. Now I'm questioning everything around me. Not like I wasn't doing that before, though. I sighed as I head downstairs into the main section of the inn. Tavern? Ah, not enough drunk people definitely called an inn. As I reached the bottom of the stairs, dropping my hands from the end of the banister... I noticed a rather odd detail. There are definitely not as many people here as there were a while ago. Sure, some of them might have headed to their rooms upstairs, but there wasn't enough space for that many people on the second floor. Even if they were sharing rooms. Hey, Barack, what happened to everyone? I called out. Barak looked up from the tissues. Ah, you're up, you. Wondering when you're going to wake. Anyways, bars closed for the night. Closing time, but Wait. The sun was setting when I woke up. Did my foray take that long? Crap. But where did they go, though? He shrugged, placing a plate down and leaning on the bar with his elbows. Probably to their homes. Militia came by to say that the monsters had been taken care of. Although there had bodies that couldn't be used by any other butchers and any of the like. Which is a right shame. Wait, a butcher is a class? Wait, no, not the important thing here. This shit came by. He nodded enthusiastically before pointing behind him. That was when I noticed it, all the alcohol was gone. Yeah, apparently during the fight the Lord died, so everyone bought something to celebrate. If you want some drink, you might have to wait till tomorrow. So everyone knows. How? Nah, that's fine. I might be in a slight pain right now, I bet I don't really need it that badly. How'd they find out anyway? His body anyway? He shook his head no, and picked up a dirty glass from the counter. No, the voice of the guards informed them. Now something about it being vaguely important. Don't really know all too much. Where are you headed this late anyway? Thought about heading to the church. Still need to take care of something. His eyes widened briefly before blinking a bit. I mean, ah yes, sure? They're probably trying to reconstruct it right now with the Lord's demise. I'm sure, I affirm. It's not like anything else is that important. All right, just be careful not to trip while you're out there. What? What is he talking about? Okay, see you later tonight, then, if you're still up. Oh, by the way, Marwal and the rest of us are leaving in the morning, so could you refund us any extra coin over the limit? Barak stares at me incredulously, before huffing. Not even going for a tip. Fine, you'll get it in the morning. Now get out of here. Church might close soon. They have opening hours. No, but as I said, reconstructing. Okay, just act like you know what that is. You'll get the answer to it sooner rather than later, anyway. With a quick thanks, I opened the doors to, uh... I, um, uh, I certainly didn't expect this. There's just so many people. I, um, I can't absorb anything about this goddamn scene at all. It's just, uh... There are way more races than I thought there would be, and Analyze seems to just constantly overlap itself constantly. I mean, it's obvious that there are kobolds and some of those little bat people. Wait, Dwem! They're called Dwem. Just managing to sort through their multiple screens. There are also Orcs, Beastwork, and Ebbs around, and a few races I haven't seen before. Although, they seem to be in the minority. The air is abuzz with chatter and I could even hear some loud indiscriminate shouting in the distance. They all seem to be cheering. Well, not really all of them. Many seem to be semi-coherent state of happiness, while others are somewhat frantically rushing to some important destination, probably trying to get home. It certainly doesn't help that the streets are packed with people, such that most people are trying to move through the crowd were bumping into people cheering, or those just standing around looking happy. I mean... It wasn't like this was the riot, more like I remember seeing images of a rush hour traffic in India. It is also much later at night than I had previously thought, confirming what Barak had mentioned inside. What I had thought was the glow of the sunset in the room window was actually the glow from the floating streetlights. Little lanterns were floating over small blocks which were etched with runes. Strange, those definitely were not here when we came into the inn. Most glowed with a soft yellow light although several radiated a brighter, bluish color. I was considering whether my magic sense was changing the hue that I could see when something shoved into me from the sight before falling to the ground. I looked down to see a person on the ground next to me. An orc, by the looks of it. Why is it so hectic around here? I thought people would be home by now. He seems to be a bit out of it as he stares at me before turning back towards the crowd. Most people went to find their families and be with them, celebrate that kind of thing you trying to get somewhere yeah the church got some unfinished business the orc lets out a quick chuff before it turns away from me to stare over the horizon towards good luck getting there in time they're probably going to close it soon since they're going to have to figure out who i didn't stay behind to hear the rest of it if i heard it from one person it's safe to assume that it's within the hour However, if most people are saying it, it's probably going to happen way sooner than I thought, especially since there seems to be a concentration of white light reaching into the sky. So, using my speed as well as my enhanced reflexes, I push myself through the crowd, trying not to injure anyone as I move through at speed. Thankfully, it seems like most people I hit aren't sent flying or anything, so at least I'm having some luck controlling the strength that I use but some fall over on their asses, and I weave my way through the crowd. I had to remember which way the church was. Last time, I just kind of followed Kojo, because he said he had something important to deal with. I remember that the church had a sign near the door which basically read, Church Entrance. Thinking about it, I was a little shocked how to realize how close I'd been, and I wondered why my quest prompt never changed. Then I realized that, despite being so close, even being right there, before i never actually got it side maybe that's why the quest never updated because i never actually completed it i shake off my introspection and look around now which way mate i think i see it those black sharp edges that resemble steeples and uh, those white curved entrances uh, that's different when did it oh reconstructing i think i get it now it's literally reconstructing itself using the light or perhaps the light is an effect of the building reconstructing. How? Wait. No time. The doors are literally being bricked over. I push myself to the limit as I near the fountain square. There are people standing by the fountain, marveling at, uh, Kojo? No. Not that Is not him. Focus. Gonna make it through. As I run up the steps, my feet barely touching the steps, I notice that the entrance is getting smaller and smaller. At this point, there is only one door remaining that hasn't been covered. I manage to open it, but the bottom of the door is already being built over. I jump as high as I can over the ever-encroaching lattice and brick and make it through at the last illumination of the city lights speeds out behind me. I'm left prone, just inside the now-bricked-over doorway, staring straight ahead. Staring straight at a person who is looking back at me with an obvious disdain. It couldn't wait until after we're done. A little confused, I begin to shake my head. No, didn't know when you'd be done, and I kinda had urgent business. The bat lady in front of me sighed softly before reaching forward to help me up off the floor. Well, uh, what do we need done today? Must have been important if you had to do it while the reconstructing happens. Trying to get rid of a bad title and maybe figuring out which direction to take. I slowly drift off as I look behind myself, noticing that the bricks almost seem to be glowing. Never seen it before. I look back towards the conversation partner. No, didn't really have a big church where I grew up. She chuckles a bit before motioning me to walk inwards with her. I follow along, noticing how the bricks almost seem to be keeping pace with us, jutting out of the walls and closing off where we had just come from. Well, we were kind of in the middle of reconstructing before when the Lord was alive, Though, it was a fair bit slower than what it is now. It was basically sweat and grease before, but now that the Lord is dead, the city belongs to a different God's jurisdiction. A particularly powerful one, judging by how they're able to change the church without any help. I nod as I gaze at the ceiling slowly shifting from a white-lit scaffolding to a slowly encroaching star-filled void. You know which one? Usually, whoever comes the new Lord will have their God become the church's main support. But since there isn't one immediately, the guards are vying for power over this little region. The situation is only a bit unusual, considering the Lord didn't have family members who would have inherited the title. It could be that it was inherited by whoever killed him, as honorable combat is an option. However, at this, she seemed to stop as she noticed something. Wherever we were headed towards, it seemed like the path was shifting itself to the right. Damn, she cursed. Looks like we won't be able to get you to the immutable room. Wait, what? No. Don't tell me. You mean... Yep. There's no designated way to get to a safe room now. End of chapter. Chapter 45 System Interlude by Naran Mumguards and their roles within churches, stated by Dalar Embrun, recorded in his 30th year. Is there a reason why I'm talking about this? Shouldn't everyone know this kind of thing or Why, well, yes. Some peasants out in backwoods might not know. But do you really think using a recording crystal is necessary for that? It'd probably be more helpful just to make a pamphlet or something. Yeah, I know. Publicity is important. Gotta look good at the masses or else things can, uh, happen. Just tell me when we can start, okay? What do you mean? It's been ready going, huh? Can't we stop it and start over? Why does it only have one's charge? We should have been able to afford a better one. What do you mean it's too late to... Alright, I get it. I'm getting on with it. We can probably edit it later on anyway. So, if you're hearing this, which I assume means that you have some sort of special circumstances, since everyone should know this, then you have absolutely no idea what the connection between the gods and churches actually is. The recording is meant to guide you through the general knowledge that pertains to all churches, including things that must be done to qualify a church to become a church. The first step is usually has a location starting out as a chapel. At some point, a guard notices the worshipping taking place there and gives the chapel official recognition as a location with some modicum of importance in the celestial realm. In other words the upgrade to church is basically a matter of luck and the personal opinions of the gods. Yet addition too, of course, legitimate effort by the people working there. Since chapels are formed when enough pious individuals congregate within a building. However, once the god does provide recognition and allows that church to form, there are certain benefits for both the people who patronize and maintain it, as well as the gods themselves. One must understand that, for a new churches, the owners of these locations are often given the option to decline the advancement of the property. Some gods do not have enough power to upgrade the chapel without the owner's permission, or perhaps the gods belong to the better side of the divine echelons. According to some, it may have something to do with the personal relationship between the location's owner and the god who has noticed the chapel. However, that link is not given much weight by learned individuals. There are several benefits of getting a church foremost is that those who worship the god of that church are given more direct access to commune with their god additionally they receive the benefit of having access to the official sanctuary for those unfamiliar with the designation sanctuary is used to define a location in which the gods have forbidden combat oriented conflicts unlike a larger church however which can only be designated by a god A sanctuary can also be made by a joint will of enough people who declare a particular building or around a defined area to be sacrosanct. This occasionally leads to some confusion, and even on occasion conflict over the designation, since such locations are not divine and thus are unofficial in the eyes of the gods. The recognition of a church is not, however, a one-way street. The gods are also receiving something in exchange, They get a place to anchor a realm, if you don't understand what that designation means. And I swear to whoever's listening to this, you must be in the lower levels of intelligence pool. I will reiterate the levels of influence that a god can have. The god's domain is the location in which they are the most powerful. This is their personal place of power, often where they feel most comfortable living. In their domain, the god has the highest level of influence that they are allowed within Cell. Without personally coming down from their plane of being, after domain comes territory. Their territory, a god, cannot directly affect the environment, but can add things like god-made creatures to it. Realm follows next, and is the bottom tier. In a realm, the god is severely limited in the power that can be imbued and the effects that can be performed. But starting a realm is the only way that a god can expand their control. Gods need the touchpoint of a realm to gain the power beyond what is granted by belief. A realm is most often locked into location, but at times can be bound to an object, in which rare cases would allow the god's influence to be transported. With this in mind, it is clear that for the kingdom to be backed by, or in some cases ruled by, a particular god, the kingdom must have a realm of that god within its capital city. This is why a church is important of course the description i just gave is a generalization since each god has their own rules which some gods follow to the letter and other gods deal with more haphazardly how some might wonder what the common folk get out of this deal it is all well and good for a kingdom to gain the support of a god what does that mean for the common man in the streets well the short answer is whenever a god backs a kingdom or even just a town, the residents of that area gain benefits related to that specific god. For example, if a seaside port town gained a church whose god has ties to the water, they might receive increased fishing yields, fewer storms, and increased number of natural-born swimmers. The exact nature, number, and strength of these benefits may also differ based on the will and their relative power of the god. However. With these benefits, there are also drawbacks to creating a church. One of those drawbacks being that, once established, a church can change its allegiance, although more often than not, a church with a dedicated group of worshippers will become a cathedral, at which point it becomes permanently dedicated to that god. Well, permanently, except in drastic cases like a holy war. In the case of a church, however, especially in the early stages of its development, a god's influence can be reduced, removed, or even replaced. It is often less effort for a new group to take over an existing church and rededicate it to their god than for them to establish one of their own. This is often the case when many towers and cities near forested areas. The long-standing rivalry between Yao and Groud focuses on these areas as one represented by hunt, taken place within a forest, or the other represents the maintenance of nature. Because of the frequency and number of switches in allegiance of churches, in this case and others like it. Much like the changing of nobility within a region allowing certain gods access or hindrance. Most towns never build anything concrete around church specialist classes, since most benefits would be lost or altered in the allegiance change. For this reason, most towns approach classes with a more general mindset, especially if they expect a future change in allegiance. This allows them to focus on things that change in gods would not hinder. Cities being, by nature, more stable than towns are a different story. Cities to which have a church don't expect a change of that sort. Typically, the residents fully expect the church to become a cathedral, and there are many who do specialize in church-enhanced classes. Changing the allegiance of a city-based church will lead to many people being poor at their jobs, as well as inferior versions of the class that they were before so accept the people who live in such towns to be upset at whatever has caused it to happen. Okay, is that enough? Good. Can't wear the stupid thing anymore. This was one of the single most unexpected things that Carl had witnessed in a long time. He, of course, tried to never expect anything or have others expect anything of him, but this was even more unexpected than usual. Dozing on his throne of tableware, he was awoken by a notification from the Panopticon. The Church, really? I thought I made it. Well, not clear, but at least understood. He was a bit miffed at the notification, and after all, there was no reason that he shouldn't be. He wasn't really allowed churches in his name anymore, especially since whenever one entered his influence, it was a gamble on how he could directly affect it, and most would only contain its effects for Gallard and other regions like it. It was damn lucky that he was able to keep some chapels, but those were hidden from the eye of more or less. He fell out of his chair, tripping over a cloth, making it up, thus destroying the concept entirely, making it no longer tableware, but a table. I should probably move that table out of here, or at least make it more comfortable later. Ah, who cares? He got up, cracked his back a little, and left his chamber. Many might wonder and theorize what exactly the inside of his plain domain actually looked like when no one else was in it. as it changed almost always depending on whoever entered? But most would actually be disappointed. Besides one corner of the throne room, which included the throne as well as some parts of a roof and wall, there wasn't anything much different from a regular house. Karl liked feeling normal sometimes after all, and if he started to not like it, He could just put up a blob in the corner and get rid of the feeling. No, what he was heading towards was basically just his bedroom a ways away. Of course, he could get there instantaneously if he wanted, but he felt like moving his claws after so long. He had these for only a few glorious moments after all. So he left the grand entranceway, which led towards the kitchen closet and turned left past the dining room table. The rug underneath his feet squirmed slightly, but that was how he liked it to feel right now. He managed to pass his workshop, where he put a lot of creativity and thought into anything he felt he needed to do. And finally, he managed to see the stairs, although this was probably the toughest challenge he'd have within this home. After the footstep, step, he fell down the stairs. I swear it's almost like clockwork. I don't even remember doing that to the stair. He rolled back onto his feet, which were feet now for some reason. He sighed. He missed his claws. However, he managed to climb the stairs towards his bedroom. Of course, since he lived alone right now, instead of his others maintaining themselves, it was only one grand room. Why waste space for something that isn't there after all? Though it is only a guess towards actual thoughts of Carl, none really can ever truthfully claim to know what goes on inside the god's head. He headed towards his bedside table, putting forth the familiar illusion spell. The world appeared before him, drawn as if on a map. Sure, the method would change, but his information would usually gain the same amount of information either way. He pushed, pulled, swiped, and did every kind of gesture he could think of before glowing dot appeared at the center. Next to... Oh, that's why. Didn't think that he'd had it in him. And again, it explains why I'm at least calmer than I normally am. Wait, something's off. All looked closer at the map, and indeed something was off about the glowing dot. It seemed to be growing steadily bigger. (laughs) Oh, good me, that's priceless, ain't it? Water seemed to be spilling from Cole's body, but with a quick wave, it vanished. Well, since that's there, I assume a lot of gods are going to be rather angry with me, even though I didn't have mean for it to happen. And again, that's the best kind of chaos is one that you don't control. (laughs) <laughs> Cole looked over at the map before deciding quickly on what he had to be done. Keep in mind, deciding isn't really a thing that Cole is outright known for, so any decision he was ever going to do would make it utterly useless to predict. You know what? It's probably been a bit too long since I've been down to sell. Why not? The tentacle whipped out and slammed onto the glowing sphere and had popped up out of the map, and. Uh, nothing. No longer was there anything to be seen within the plane of being for Cole. For when he does not exist within it, there is no reason for anything to be there. Unless someone were to enter the front door, so to bring focus back. Cole had found himself within his church, which had just reached the classification of a cathedral. This is going to be fun! End of chapter And that, my friends, concludes this video.